song just mentioned, there is one shepherd. And tonight, I want us to take a look at a psalm that describes our God in that way as our shepherd. And it's the very well-known psalm, uh, Psalm 23. Psalm 23, which begins in in the very first verse, the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, This might be one of the most well-known psalms that David uh, composed over the course of his life. It's a psalm that is frequently used uh, to comfort people in different circumstances of life, often uh, in eulogies and funerals. And there are just a myriad of ways that we could approach this psalm, uh, different approaches that we can take to discovering different things in this psalm. Uh, We could look at it from the shepherd's point of view or from the sheep's point of view, which is us. And I think each time you take a look at this psalm, there is a powerful uh, message for us in it. And what I want to do this evening is take it from the perspective of those four words at the very end of verse 1, which says, I shall not want. And I want us to notice through this psalm, when God is our shepherd, what is it that we don't lack? What is it that we will not lack? When we have decided that God is going to be our shepherd, we are going to be his sheep. Before we get into the psalm, let's go to God in prayer. Oh Lord, our God, we are so thankful that we can open up your word tonight. We're thankful for the songs that we have sung. We ask that we have been edified, and we ask that you make us stronger where we need to be strengthened. We thank you for this psalm. We pray that what we talk about tonight will be only your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When we make God our shepherd, when we decide that we are going to be his sheep, that we are going to allow him to be the guiding influence in our lives, when we decide that we are going to let him lead the direction of our feet that we're going to let Him take us where He wants to take us, and we're going to put all of our trust in Him. The psalmist David, I think, utters these very comforting words, because God is my shepherd, I shall not want. Other translations say, I, there is nothing I lack. There is nothing that I need or desi- that, that I could want beside Him. I think that's an interesting idea, and I think it's an important idea. When we have made God the biggest priority in our life, what else do we need? Really, what else do we need? He supplies every need that our heart could possibly have. He provides every want that we could possibly 
uh, have in our lives. He is everything when we make him the shepherd of our lives. And the psalmist begins by declaring here that there's nothing he lacks since the Lord is his shepherd. And from here on, David is going to describe all of the things that he does not lack. And I think these are things that we do not lack because he is led by the Lord. And the first thing in verse 2 that the psalmist says he doesn't lack is he shall not lack rest. Notice again verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. First, David says, he let me lie down in green pastures. He, he leads me besides quiet waters. You recall that David himself was a shepherd at, at one point during his life when he was younger, before he became the king of Israel. And so David is speaking from first-hand experience. He knows how to keep his, his sheep uh, you know, calm and quiet. He knows how to give them what they need, and he sees in his own help for the sheep what God does for each and every one of his people. Uh, sometimes, uh, unless you are a farmer or you grew up on a farm around sheep, sheep, sometimes this kind of analogy is lost on us. And so it's necessary on our part to understand the shepherd-sheep relationship so that we can grasp what David is really getting at here and so we can make proper application of this psalm. There's a commentator named Philip Keller who wrote a book called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. And if you can guess from the title, uh, Philip Keller himself was a shepherd. So he has some first-hand knowledge about, uh, about being a shepherd. And I want you to notice something that he says concerning this verse. He says, It is almost impossible for them, that is sheep, to be made to lie down unless four requirements are met. Owing to their timidity, they refuse to lie down unless they are free of all fear. Because of the social behavior within a flock, sheep will not lie down unless they are free from friction with others of their kind. If tormented by flies or parasites, sheep will not lie down. Only when free of these pests can they relax. Lastly, sheep will not lie down as long as they feel in need of finding food. They must be free from hunger. That kind of knowledge gives us a picture of what our Lord does for us as our shepherd. Because what David is describing concerning his relationship with the Lord is that David himself can rest because all provisions have been made for his rest. You think about that. Isn't that what our Lord does for each and every one of us? That's why over and over in Scripture you hear the words, don't fear, or you hear the words, you don't have to be anxious about tomorrow. Don't worry about what's coming. Why? Because God is the shepherd. He's provided everything that we need so that we can, we can be calm, so that we can be relaxed and rest. God has provided rest for His sheep. And verse 2 describes also that these sheep are, and David himself, they are being in the green pastures. That's where feeding is plentiful for them. They can go there and they know, I can lay down and rest because 
I don't have to worry about where my food is going to come from. Again, God provides security for those who are His sheep. He describes still waters. This is somewhere that they can they can go and get a drink of water without being afraid. Sheep are timid. And I remember when I was growing up, um, we had a, a visiting preacher come to a gospel meeting, and he he uh, he talked about this psalm. And I'll never forget. He got up there and he said the very first thing he said was, "Sheep are stupid." And there's probably something to that because when there's rushing water nearby, they have a hard time going to that because the noise scares them. Our Lord leads His sheep to still water. There's nothing to be afraid of. They can be comforted. They can be calm because the Lord has laid them down where there is no need to be afraid. They can rest and rest easy. It's kind of the idea of being able to sleep with both eyes closed instead of one eye open. The Lord is the one who has His sheep back. What a beautiful picture of God. I think it's interesting that the psalm begins by describing the rest available in the Lord. The first aspect of the Lord being our shepherd isn't some sort of activity. It isn't we're marching here or we're marching there. But it's that we will have rest. I want to I preach on this at some point in the future, but there is a beautiful theme throughout the entire Bible, and it's the theme of rest. God intended rest in the very beginning, and He has been trying to give His people rest all along. And someday He will give rest. But while we are here, He is still providing what He can to us, which is rest. He is giving us the reasons why we don't have to live anxious and worried lives. Because we know that our God, our shepherd, is the one who is in control. The first aspect of the Lord being our shepherd is that we are able to cast our burdens and our cares upon the Lord. He is the one who will lift them off of our shoulders and give us rest. Isn't that what our Lord himself described over in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28? Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. Notice what he describes there about our burdens. Matthew 11 and verse 28. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's what Jesus wants to do for his followers. If you continue that on, he says in verse 29, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We look at that and we go, wait a minute. He just said he wants to give me rest, but now he's going to put a yoke on me? I think the idea there is that the yoke that the Lord gives us is not too difficult for us to bear. In fact, it is exactly what we need. Because it leads us in the direction that we should go. His commandments provide us rest because we can rest assured in them. I think it's so sad when so many Christians don't let God carry their burdens. It is a shame to me to see people carrying these heavy loads upon themselves when they could, they could give it to the Lord. And I'll tell you from personal experience, the times in my life where I felt like I was the one who needed to deal with what was going on, I was the one who could solve the problem, I felt the weight of the world on my shoulders. 
But the moment that I turned to God and I said, I need your help with this. I want to give this to you. Help me with this. It was like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. The problem might still be there. But now I know I'm not dealing with it on my own. I've got my shepherd with me. God is offering us rest. There are too many Christians who are burdened with worries and anxieties and cares and struggles and guilt and numerous other troubles that meet us daily. God is, is offering us rest. He is our shepherd. But we've got to hand it to Him. We've got to give Him our problems and allow Him to help us with them. We, and we have to have faith that He's going to take care of it. We've got to have faith that He's going to lift our burdens off of our shoulders. We, we don't need to think negatively that everything in the world is just going to go wrong. When we, when we have that point of view, we are, we are displaying a, a lack of faith. That we don't believe that God is going to provide what we need with whatever it is that we're going to. And if that's the case, then we haven't experienced the rest that God has promised to us. The rest that Jesus will provide to his sheep. And so the first thing that the psalmist says, we will not lack is rest. Secondly, in verse 3, he says, we will not lack life. In verse 3, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. David says in verse 3, he renews my life. He makes it new again. Other translations uh, like mine say, he restores my soul. And to understand what David means here, let, let's again uh, think about the words of a shepherd. This is a, a quote uh, from that same man a little bit earlier. A heavy, fat, or long-fleeced sheep will lie down comfortably in some little hollow or depression in the ground. It may roll on its side slightly to stretch out or relax. Suddenly, the center of gravity in the body shifts so that it turns on its back far enough that the feet no longer touch the ground. It may feel a sense of panic and start to paw frantically. Frequently, this, make, this only makes things worse. It rolls over even further. Now it is quite impossible for it to regain its feet. You see what happens when, when a sheep lays down and it gets a little too relaxed. It begins to roll over and suddenly, you know, it's kind of like one of those... Uh, crabs that can't get off its back and it, it's there panicked because it can't get back on its feet it's at that moment that the shepherd sees that and he comes and he restores the sheep before the sheep dies in that position i think this image brings great clarity to what david says that the lord is doing for his sheep god puts us back on our feet too often we find ourselves on our backs we begin to wave around panicked and then God is the one who comes and He picks us up and He puts us back on our feet so that we can keep going. The image is extremely accurate to what happens in our lives. When we try to fix our own problems, we frequently create worse problems for ourselves. We need the Lord to set us on our feet. It's a similar image to what we read in Psalm 18 Verses 16 through 19, where the psalmist said, He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He pulled me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. 
They confronted me in the day of my distress, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out to a wide open place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. How often are we like these sheep spiritually, where we're spiritually on our backs and we're helpless, but our Lord has come to us. This is our shepherd has come to us in our lost spiritual condition and set us back on our feet through his mercy and through his grace found in the blood of Jesus. God can restore us when we have fallen down. With compassion, you remember Jesus took Peter back into the fold after Peter had denied him three times. In fact, that's an interesting story right there. Right after he denies Jesus three times, after Jesus has been raised from the dead, he, he asks him three times, do you love me? And he talks about sheep. He's accepting Peter back into the fold. Peter was like that sheep on his back, legs, you know, panic-stricken. Jesus set him back on his feet. So the Lord, when he is our shepherd, we will not lack life. He renews our life. He renews our soul. But secondly, or thirdly, we won't lack guidance. Here in verse 3 still, it says, He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. One characteristic of sheep that we do know is that they have a great tendency to wander away. It wouldn't be a surprise to see, you know, one sheep all the way over here and one sheep heading off in this direction and then, you know, you're kind of scrambling around trying to get them back. And Isaiah brings uh, that kind of idea into his prophecy when he wrote, we all like sheep have gone astray. It's very easy for them to kind of just I don't know if they're absent-minded or what it is, but they just kind of go off the path that they are intended to be on. We are like sheep who have gone astray in our lives, but the Lord is our shepherd. And He is the one who is there among us and behind us and in front of us, leading us down the right path. God is offering guidance for our lives. It's what His Word is all about. And too often, we don't look to God for His guidance. Too often, we refuse to look to God to know which is the right path that I need to get on. Jesus talks about the path. You know, you got the narrow path and the wide path. Which is the one that we need to be on? We're like sheep simply looking here and there, getting distracted by things in this life, and there's a lot of stuff that tries to distract us. But with God and His Word, He's there among us trying to direct us in the direction that we need to go. I tell you, the Christian should never feel lost and aimless in life if he is truly following the shepherd because the shepherd provides the purpose and direction. So we won't lack guidance. In verse 4, we begin to see that when the Lord is our shepherd, we will not lack safety. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is a verse that is often used to comfort those who are dying, and I think this passage can be used uh, in such a way to offer hope. But I think the real point of this statement is that the shepherd protects his sheep. He is there to protect them from all the evils 
that attempt to take that sheep away. As the shepherd leads his, his sheep from the high pastures in the summer to the valleys of the lowlands in the winter, there are times where the sheep are going to have to pass through dangerous places. Maybe the, the walkway is a little narrow and there's a, there's a drop-off on, on either side. Maybe you go through an area where there's, a, there's known to be a lot of wolves or lions or whatever it might be. There are going to be dangers along this journey for these sheep. That's the valley of the shadow of death. There are times where we are lying down in green pastures, like the psalmist describes, and there are times where we're going through the valley of the shadow of death, where the dangers are all around them. Either case, the God is leading us. God is our shepherd. And the, uh, the Christian life isn't always full of tranquility, and it's not always an easy experience, and we've got to realize that we have to go through those difficult times. We have to go through that, that valley of the shadow of, the, of death. That is part of the journey. It will be there. But those valleys must be crossed if we are to reach the destination, which is the quiet, peaceful, green fields. We have to pass through those valleys to develop our character and grow our faith. And while going through these times, David recognizes that God is present with us. So often we go through the valley of the shadow of, the, of death and we don't we don't look to God. We don't think God is there guiding us, helping us with His rod and His staff. But God is there to protect us. That's exactly why the, the psalmist describes this rod and, and the staff as what's comforting him. Those are there so that the shepherd can not only prod the sheep along and make sure they're going the right way, but also when that danger comes, he can use that rod and he can use that staff to protect the sheep. And really, what the shepherd is doing is he is putting his own life on the line to protect his sheep from whatever the danger is. God is our surety and strength in the bad times. Those who don't have God as their shepherd, they don't have that surety. They don't have that hope. Without God, trials or traumas of life seem to make no sense whatsoever. In fact, that, that's something for me that I've always felt. I don't know how to make sense of all the, the horrible things that happen in this life without God. He's the one who makes it make sense to me. The Christian has the confidence that God is working on their behalf, protecting them, and will do what is best. I don't know that this necessarily means that our physical life is always protected. Certainly there are those who have lost their lives for the cause of the Good Shepherd. But what is protected is our salvation and our souls. He will protect those. And so we will not lack safety. And then in verse 5, we won't lack blessing. Verse 5, he says, You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. God declares that those who will follow after this shepherd will have God's blessing. 
even in the presence of enemies who are all around us, watching us, seeking to destroy us. In the presence of those enemies, God is the one who makes provision for His sheep. God will glorify and honor us even though we may have enemies in this life who try to ruin us or, or, or ruin our reputations or destroy us. And this imagery here of anointing my head with oil, the biblical imagery of oil and wine often in the Old Testament represents prosperity and joy from God. God provides prosperity and joy when the oil and the wine are overflowing in the land. You think about Job and recalling the days before all of his trials. He said, when the Almighty was still with me and my children were around me, when my feet were bathed in cream and the rock poured out streams of oil for me. It's over in Job chapter 29 and verse 6. Or you consider the prophecy of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 31 and verse 12. Therefore, they shall come and sing in the height of Zion, streaming to the goodness of the Lord for wheat and new wine and oil for the young of the flock and the herd. Their souls shall be like a well-watered garden and they shall sorrow no more at all. Or Joel chapter 2 and verse 24, and the vat shall overflow with new wine and oil. You see, to be the sheep and to have the Lord as our shepherd means that we are chosen by God when we come to Him. And just as the anointing on the head indicated someone was chosen by God for His service, you remember your Old Testament history, that would happen to the priest and to the king. They would have oil poured over them that signified that God had set them apart for His service. What God does in blessing us is He is setting us apart for His service, to be His sheep as He is our shepherd. And so great and plentiful are God's blessings to His sheep that the psalmist describes it in this way, my cup overflows. It's not empty. I kind of get the picture of the widow that Elijah went to go see. When that miracle happened, it was like uh, her, her bread never went away. It just kept overflowing. That's what God does for His sheep. God has poured out His blessings upon us. In fact, the blessings pour out so greatly upon us that we can't even realize all that we have in the Lord. It's too numerous to count. And finally, in verse 6, when the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not lack a home. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Everyone wants to have a home. Everyone wants a place that they can call their own, somewhere where they can lay down their head at night. And when the Lord is our shepherd, we find that we do have a home. We do have a home. We have a home that's full of goodness and faithful love that's shown to us by our God all the days of our lives. Another blessing that we receive is that we can dwell in the house of the Lord. If you were to search the Old Testament for that phrase, the house of the Lord, you would see that this refers exclusively to the tabernacle 
or the temple of God. The Old Testament is filled with commands uh, of going up to the house of the Lord, to the tabernacle or to the temple. The house of the Lord was the dwelling place of God, where he dwelt among his people. And David says that he will dwell in God's house all the days of his life. We are at home with the Lord. And further, this isn't a future condition. There's a sense in which it is. But in in this context, this is a present condition for those who belong to the shepherd. It's a condition we experience now and will continue to experience forevermore. The concept of having a home with God encompasses everything that we've talked about in this lesson. A home represents safety and provisions and joy and security and rest and family. We have all of those things in the Lord. And we now stand in the dwelling place of God as His children, as His heirs, and as His servants. We have our identity and our purpose with God. Home is where one always returns to. Well, where do we return to? Or where should we return to? To the dwelling place of God. God is the one to whom we always return to. I think this is a beautiful psalm. It, it, I think, should provide us with a lot of comfort, but a lot of assurance. When the Lord is our shepherd, what else do I need? I lack nothing. I have what I need. I don't need to be out there scrounging for something more. I've got what I need. These are the great benefits that we receive when the Lord is our shepherd. And I think we would be remiss if we didn't consider Jesus' words on the topic in John chapter 10. In John chapter 10, beginning in verse 1, Jesus provides some wonderful words regarding himself. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. 
just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. You see what Jesus declares about himself. He's that shepherd in Psalm 23. He's that shepherd in Psalm 23, and that shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He's not like some hired hand that sees the wolf coming and goes, i got to look out for myself. I'm gone. He is the one who lays down his life, puts it all on the line, so that his sheep can have Everything they need. Everything they need for this life to get to the life to come. And if we are truly his sheep, verse 5 says there in John chapter 10, we will never follow a stranger. We will never follow other people and go down other paths because we know the voice of our Lord. And we know what our Lord has done for us. We know what the shepherd has offered to us. We know what the shepherd has given to us. How could we go anywhere else? Our Lord is trying to protect us and nurture us as we go through life. Our responsibility is simply to follow his voice as given to us in the word of God. And so the challenge to all of us this evening going forward is let us obey the shepherd today. Let us obey the shepherd today. And as we have seen, if we will follow the shepherd, there will be nothing that we lack. Absolutely nothing. If you have a need this evening, whether you need to make your life right with God, whether you need to recommit your life to God, Remember, he is the shepherd. He wants you to follow after him. And we can follow after him, and we can have all the confidence in the world that he will provide every, everything that we need so that when we finally get through this life, we will find the restful shores of heaven waiting for us, where it will be eternal green fields, like the psalmist describes, and quiet waters. We will have everything we ever could imagine and need there. If you have any need this evening, we ask that you come forward as we stand and sing together.